Hello, this is Ryan Chapman with uh, Fix Your Funnel. And today we're doing something a little bit different for the podcast. We're going to be doing actual uh, hot seat. And we have uh, a user of Fix Your Funnel and Infusionsoft who <clears throat> volunteered to be the first guinea pig. And so we'll see how this goes. Welcome, Josh. Hey, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. So, Josh, tell us a little bit about you, and then what is the challenge that you're facing that you'd like to uh, to dive into? Well, uh, I am a chiropractor. I have a practice out here in like the southwest uh, United States. Um, and a few years ago, I opened up a gym that's attached to our clinic uh, with the kind of the model of once we get you out of pain, the biggest question I always get from clients, the big want, is how do I keep this from coming back? And, and I know from our experience that uh, getting them to exercise and perform the right exercises for their body is probably the most important thing they can do for long-term health. And so it right. seemed like a perfect marriage uh, of those two services. Um, and I have some employees that do the, the coaching and training side, and then I do most of the uh, work as a chiropractor and, and the, what looks like physical therapy. We do some rehab and whatnot. Um, uh -huh. However... Uh, even though it seems like it's the perfect thing, I've run into the trouble of how to how to really get the word out and market those things. And well, so, so is that the big challenge then that you want to discuss today? Um, yeah, I think that I think I run into the problem that a lot of people do, which is I'm a professional, I have this license and and this great idea, and um, and I think we offer a great service, but marketing a professional service is something that I've found for me at least, is, is tough. It, it, I'm not able to get the word out like I want. I get all of our business from word of mouth right now, which is great. Right. But if you said, how do you, how do you double your business? It's really tough to get the existing refers to refer twice as much. Very good. Okay, so the, the challenge is, is you currently are using referral sources, as I'll call them, to, to okay. send business your way. But uh -huh. there's a limited amount of, of traffic that they can send your way. So you're struggling to find other ways to expand people who would refer business to your, your professional practice? Correct. And what else have you tried for your marketing? Well, um, we've done recently, we've done Facebook ads uh, for both the, the injury clinic and the gym. Um, uh, we've done some, uh, you know, published a free report and a landing page. Um, mm -hmm. We have, well, of course, we have a website for both companies. Um, and then we've done some, I guess we'd call them strategic alliances. Uh, I'm doing some public speaking at a, the biggest running shoe store in our area. Um, you know, there's a couple local other gyms that I work with um, that to keep their athletes healthy and, and moving, they send some clients in. Uh, so that we'll do some presentations and injury prevention seminars at their location as well. And how have those performed? Um, they're good. I can always rely on about 20% of those folks that I present to. That seems to be the number that will come in within 30 days. So if I present to uh -huh. 10, I'll get two. If I present to 50, you know, we'll we'll seem to get 10 folks coming in. And what's the limit on that, though? Um. Are there just not very many of those opportunities? I think, yeah, and, and I have found that I can't repeat it at the same location within three to six months. Right. Uh, it seems like I tap it all out. And then, and 
to be, you know, I'm just learning this whole direct response marketing and, and learning the, the ways of the wizard of, you know, like Ryan, but um, it, I haven't, I can't say that I've followed up well with those people, which is why we ended up purchasing Infusionsoft because I kind of had the idea that I, I may be, I may be um, overlooking the acres of diamonds here. You know, because we're not getting those people entered into a drip sequence or they don't have any follow-up. But I hope that when they do get an injury that they think of us and call us. Now, do you have patients that are happy with your service? Oh, absolutely. And we're, uh, not to toot our own home, but we're incredibly effective at what we do. The national average for visits uh, in, in my business is about 21 visits per injury. And we keep stats. We're we're seeing like 8.3 visits per injury until the patient reports 90% or greater relief. So, so it's a double-edged sword. It means uh, less visits <laughs> and, and revenue. That's right. It does mean better satisfied customers. All right. Right. Well, so so just so everybody that's listening has an idea of what I'm I'm looking for and what I'm asking about, what I'm hearing. I'm just going to review what I understand about what you're trying to accomplish and what you have in your favor and you know some of the things we need to be concerned about or opportunities that are present. So the, on the very front side, um, what you're always looking for with any business before we want to start marketing it is, one, do we have something that the market even wants? And I don't know, I might be slightly biased, but that's always been the question I've asked as I've gone to chiropractors is, what do I do so I don't have to come back and see you again? <laughs> And you know, usually it's kind of a, a toss-off answer. So I, I think that what you've put together is actually very valuable in terms of what the market needs. So from my biased perspective, I would say you're on target with that. The next question that comes up is before we start marketing, we want to know, are people happy with what they're getting? Because the last thing we want to do is burn through your local market with a terrible service. So the fact that you uh, have a good track record with your, your clients or patients and are able to help them successfully and do that in above industry average tells me that we have a good business to be promoting in the first place. The, the fact that you are comfortable speaking in public, that you've done it already, and that you've generated business from those engagements tells me that um, you have these opportunities that you've figured out how to create through strategic alliances and it sounds like these are being done at their place of business. So Correct. What that what that tells me is that you do have the the seeds for being able to push that even further. So that's all good news to me so far. Um, we've just so the people listening understand, we've already spoken uh, once before, and in that time, I recommended that you get a book put together just to increase your expert status and so that you can become a local celebrity in your market. And so you've already started on that process. You're about 50% uh, through that, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. So what, what I'm seeing here is I'm seeing um, you're creating customers who are going to come back to you repeatedly as they do things that are going to injure themselves. And if you're going after a passion industry, which it sounds like you tend to be uh, aligned with, you're going to get your other customers just by word of mouth. But you're going to be, you have markets that you can tap into with the running and then with the athlete communities. So these are people who are already passionate about their body. They're already doing things on a regular basis to take care of themselves. And if they happen to injure themselves, which just is par for the course with exercising, right? 
right. then they're going to know where they can go. And so what we want to do is the, the challenge with medical industry or even law or you know some of these other professional services is people don't need you every day. They need you when there's a problem. And right. so you don't you can't always be in front of them at that exact moment when they have the problem. So, for example, um, you're going and you're speaking to these groups and you're getting a percentage of those people to show up in the next 30 days. Well, these are people that have a problem that you touched on or brought to their attention during your presentation. The other people may be interested, but they just don't currently have a problem that needs addressing. So we need to be able right. to make sure that we stay permanently um, in front of them in terms of being top of mind. So uh, my, my personal view on this, and if I was in your shoes, is I, I, in order for me to expand my business, I need to have more people coming in by referral. So I need to think about, are there any other potential referral sources that I could be generating? Um, and I know you, that's on your, the top of your mind. The other thing is, is how could I create more opportunities to be in front of my core audience, uh, whether they're healthy or they're in need of my assistance currently, and then be able to stay in front of them long term. So you've got all these pieces in place. You actually are a lot closer than maybe you may even realize. But in my mind, um, we definitely want to have a, a drip sequence that's associated with somebody picking up a copy of your book. We want to have another drip sequence that's associated with people who attend your event but maybe don't pick up a copy of your book, depending on if you want to give it away or you want to make them pay for it. Okay. Okay. Now, I think that um, you went through my course on how to write a book for marketing purposes. So in that, you heard that I say you really want a book that's somewhere between 125 to 150 pages because it's right. not too intimidating, but it's enough for you to be able to get your message across. And so if you have a book about that size and we're going through a company like CreateSpace, our cost on each of those books is going to be roughly about 350 by the time it gets shipped to us. So you're in a position where you could charge, you know, you could put $15 as the suggested retail price on the book and then say, hey, because you're here for $5, you can pick up a copy of my book where I'm going to explain X, Y, and Z. And so that they're, you're not going negative on your, on your lead generation. Um, right. If, if you do go that route, then when they buy the book, you're going to have them fill out a form so that they can get additional videos that will show them some of the exercises listed in the book. Now, if you haven't gone through my course, you also know in the book we're going to put some like text-in um, call to actions where people can get exclusive videos that are only available via the text-in. And since you already have all these trainings that you can do for people, it will be really easy for you to select you know, maybe four or five core exercises that you think would be valuable for any athlete. And then you can have each one of those be something that would lead towards lead generation, or if people are buying the book, in the book we might include two different exercises, and then we might have a, a bonus two or three that you could give for people when they buy the book if they fill out a little form that tells you their name and email, right? Okay. So that way you're, you have an excuse that's very valid. If you have them investing $5, then they at least got 5 bucks, and they're not going to throw it away or toss it in the back of their car. Um, but it's enough for them to make it. You could go 10. 10 is very easy as well. Uh, but 5 and 10 are a lot easier for people to do than you know any odd numbers. So keep it at 5 or 10 when you're going to sell it at your at your speaking engagements if you're going to do that. Um, okay. So that's, that's what I would say. And then in terms of um, 
you actually have an opportunity to do information marketing in order to build uh, a customer base before they actually decide to come into your clinic. And so you have the potential to be teaching um, these core exercises that everybody needs to know in order to stay healthy and not have to visit the chiropractor. And I, I honestly would use that to be able to get your name out there more with people who are currently healthy, but at some point will injure themselves and then need the chiropractor, if that makes any sense. Okay. Now, do I want to market it like that, like, you know, three exercises to keep you out of the chiropractor's office? Well, see, I don't know what you know, so I can't tell you exactly what you should be marketing that offer as, but you've got to be thinking about your your core market. You know who they are better than I do. And think about what is it that you could tell them that would help them get what they really want. Because I doubt that there's anybody that says, what I really want is I want to visit a chiropractor and then go to the gym and do special exercises. But there is something that they really do want. And if it's a, if you're going after that passion market of the athlete or the runner, then you want to show them how um, doing these three exercises can prevent them from having IT band issues right? Okay. Or, you know, whatever those core problems are that stop them from being able to realize their passion. So if we have a runner, the runners are usually running either for strictly health or they're, they're competing in some way. They're running 5Ks or 10Ks as a way of keeping them motivated. So if you can think about what it is that they're trying to accomplish in those, are they trying to get a better time, run without being in pain at the end of the event, you can start coming up with some different themes for your presentations. If you have these different themes for your presentations and they hit different segments of that passion market, then you can actually set up these clinics at the stores with your partners more frequently because they're going to be on different topics, so they'll attract different segments of the crowd, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, are you already doing that? Or do you uh, have just one with the runners. You give over and over again. Uh, no, I change it uh, periodically. Usually it's not the same one that I deliver over and over again. So here's the here's the thing that you want to do is you want to you don't need to have a new presentation every time to get new people to come in because there's people that won't show up that will want to show up later. So I'll go back to um, my training experience with the business that we had that was a training company. We gave the exact right. same presentation and we had you know cities all over the United States that we would go to, but we could go to some cities. Um, you know, to your point, we could go back to them not every month, but we could go every other month, right? And we went to right. some cities, and we gave the same presentation 11 times, and we had people show up 11 times before they purchased. So wow. some people would register but then not be able to make it, right? So that's another way okay. that you can be able to generate leads and, and make sure that even if people don't show up is if you can have a registration process. So there's a couple of ways that people could register. You could send them to a website to go register where they put in their name, email, and phone number. And, you know, you could send them notifications to remind them. Or if you could get their address, you could send them a direct mail piece to remind them to attend. If they don't attend, it's okay because what you're really going after is you want to have their contact information. Um, we had thousands and thousands of people who never showed up to any event but ended up investing in our services because they, well, okay, not all the thousands and thousands that invested in the services, but we had thousands and thousands that got ex exposed to our message, and then of that, a segment um, would invest in our services without ever attending one of our live trainings. So the okay. live training can be an excuse or an opportunity for you to be able to get contact information about people that you could follow up with through your Infusionsoft without even ever having to 
uh, have them see you live and in person. But because mm-hmm. of your book, your status as a professional, and your speciality, right? Because are you familiar with the um, authority triangle? Uh, no. So there is an authority triangle, and at the very bottom of it is the generalist. So this, in your case, would be the general chiropractor. The next step up in terms of authority in the mind of the of the market is the specialist, which you already are a specialist because you do something different than the generalist, right? You combine chiropractic with exercise in order to reduce the the duration of time needed to get someone back to healthy and pain-free. So you're already okay. at the specialist. Once you um, become an expert, which is generally like that's where the author is the easy way to become an expert without anybody else's opinion or permission, then you're a layer above the specialist. The, the next layer up is celebrity, and the one above that is celebrity expert. So if you can get into the celebrity realm, the way that you do that is by doing these presentations and becoming known in your market. So celebrity doesn't mean you're known internationally or nationally. It just means you're to the people that you actually care to sell to or that could be potential customers, you are known to them. Does that make sense? So I won't I won't have a show on the E network right away. Not right but, away. Unless you really want that, then you can go for it. Okay. Uh, but the but that and then that expands your market base. So then you would be, you know, expanding to, to a larger segment of the population. But for your local clinic, then this is the way that you you do it. So once you get the the authorship of the book, you can use that in your promotion to immediately put you up towards the celebrity and authority status in that triangle, which mm-hmm. gives you, whenever you increase your authority status in the eyes of your prospects, you reduce the amount of friction that you have to deal with to get someone to become a customer or a client or a patient, as the case may be for the business. Okay. So you're always wanting to think about the positioning of yourself in the mind of the prospect of the market. And so that's a, that's going to be a big deal for you. If you can have, instead of just doing a single segment, if you can have uh, maybe a presentation that's given in one area, and then the bonus is if you get the book, you can come down for another session we're going to do in our gym where we're going to actually show you uh, some of these exercises, let you do them with our trainers. That's going to be even better. Okay. Does that make sense? And would I mention that? Yeah. Would I mention that in the book, or would I mention that on a, on a on, you know website that supports the book or landing page? The core, like the, I would make that a bonus for people that attend, and then you can also have that be in the follow-up for people that didn't get to attend. Say, hey, if okay. you missed the class here, we're going to be doing a special bonus session for people. And you can so you got to experiment to see what works best. Do you make it a general okay. offer? Do you make it an offer that is attached with people who give you five or ten dollars for the book? You know, is it people just for people that attend, or so you you're going to have to observe where do the best results come from? Because it, maybe the best results only come if they show up, hear you speak, get your book, and then go to the the you know the special bonus training session in your gym. Mm-hmm. So if they okay. do those three things, you may discover those people stick the best. So they'll actually join my because you people can join your gym even if they're not a chiropractic patient. Correct. So they could join the gym and then by association become, you know, prime candidates to to show up to the clinic when they have issues. Um, yeah. 
So you, well, that's what you're going to need to experiment through is which of those pathways produces it. If, you, if it's just a matter of if they show up to the, the free bonus session in the gym, that that nets the best result for you, then that's what you're going to be pushing. Does that make sense? And then you're going to okay. bonus the book on top of that. You say, hey, if you come, okay. you're going to get a free copy of the book. Or if you buy the book, you, you know, so you've got to experiment with those options. But those those pieces are going to be like your Lego pieces that you're going to be playing with to see which one right. produces the best result for you. Just, but the just ultimate, out of curiosity. I, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just wondering, with, you know, when you guys were doing the, the presentations across, you know, um, across the nation, what, what ended up being the best combination for you guys? What was the secret sauce that you realized? So we needed them to stay for the three-hour presentation, so that we had to do everything we could to keep them in the room for the three hours. Um, we did, as a result, we spent as much money as we could afford on the front end to get them to attend. So we did multimedia. So if somebody um, registered for our event, so we spent a lot of money to get people to register, and then once they registered, we spent a lot of money to make sure they would actually show up. So we went multimedia. So we were going direct mail. We were doing phone calls. We would do text messages. We would do fax broadcast, and we would do email, all to get them to attend the event. So it's going to vary depending on your audience and how you can follow up and depending on what kind of lead generation you can do on the front side. We collected name, email, phone number, fax number, physical address, business number, you know, cell phone number. We collected every number that we every bit of data we could for our registration process which didn't deter people from showing up because our topic was something that was very important to our market. So right. it comes down to you've got a great business, you've got a great model. It, can you talk to your market in a way that is important to them, right? Right. So that's what's got to be at the top of your mind is what is it that your market really wants? And I don't know if I went into that in the book um, workshop that you you went through, but I do in my discussions about upsells is it's not about what you have to offer. It's about what the pr the prospect or what the customer or patient, what do they really want in their heart of hearts and understanding that and then stepping out from that. When I say heart of hearts, what I mean is what do they want at an emotional level? Not at a practical right. or logical level, but what do they want at yeah. an, an emotional level from what they, they're coming to you for? And, I, I work um, with a lot of golfers and, and okay. a lot of them show yeah, a lot of them show up because they have back pain, but what they really want is to hit the hit the ball much farther. I mean, that's, and that's, that's their that's emotional level. trigger. What's, what's below that, though? Why do they want to hit it further? Uh, embarrass their friends. Yeah, They're competitive so, with their so, friends. Um, my friend Craig Jacobson, who's he's out of San Diego, um, he, he says that he uses the seven vices, and he finds there's usually two of them that are primary motivators in any marketing. And so he finds what those two are. So uh, you discover what those those primary emotions are that, that drive people's decisions, and then you've got an idea of of what's really motivating them. And then you can be able to figure out how do I help them get what they really want. Not that we're trying to get people uh, sunk in their vices, but that that essentially is what motivates and drives a lot of people is. You know, the, the need, to, for example, what you just pointed out is the need to, to look better than their peers, right? Mm -hmm. So they want to appear better, they want to appear uh, like they're stronger, better, faster, whatever the case may be. 
So that can be one of them. And it, as you talk to your market, um, they'll give you clues to help you to really understand what it is that they really need. And so right. once you understand that, then you talk to that. That's what you talk to. And you don't talk to that um, overtly, but that's the underlying understanding that you got to have as you talk to people is this is what they're really after and so you don't talk to oh you want to do this so you look better than all your friends unless that actually plays well for your market you know some it will some it won't but you understand that and then you talk about the benefits that they they see as being that but you so in your case you're saying hit the ball further right mm -hmm. but you may be able to allude to the fact that when you hit the ball further than all your friends just imagine how they'll you know, wonder what's your secret sauce or whatever. So that's why you'll see that in marketing commonly is because when we get to the core emotion, then we take one step out of that, which is what they see is the thing that they want. But understanding what motivates them will help you to be able to better communicate with your market. And then give, like you're saying, uh, topics of the talks that you're going to give that people are going to want to attend. So for you, the, the real uh, next step is thinking about how do I get in front of more of these audiences if that's been a, a powerful way for you to bring in good customers? Because in your business, really comes down to, to a trust factor. Do people trust that you have the capacity to deliver on what they're expecting you to deliver on? And the best way to get trust, the easiest way to get trust is to borrow it from other people, which means a referral from a trusted source already, which is your referral sources, and then making yourself as trustworthy as possible on the face so that, number one, people will feel very comfortable referring you or say, setting up strategic partnerships with you, and then number two, so that when those events do happen, it's very easy for the prospect to be able to look at you and say, oh, this guy really knows what he's talking about. I want to find a way to work with him because I think he can really deliver on what I need. Okay. Does that make That's sense? That's great. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and this is, uh, this is all the, the, the stuff that I never learned. You know, I learned all the technical side of, of the business and how to get people better, but never to position it like this. Because I even realized, you know, when you're talking about um, what they really want, it's probably some, even the language I should use when I tell them, like, you know, we we got an X-ray, it shows this, and and here's why that's important. You know, yeah. So you than, always have to connect the dots, and even as people that are their professionals, marketers, we make the mistake all the time of not fully connecting the dots. So being aware of that will help you in your presentations, like you're saying with the the, the patient, as well as mm -hmm. in your marketing. And now, as you now, do that, you connect the dots, it'll make it easier for them to see the value that you bring into their life. Okay. Now with the trust issue, um, when I'm giving a presentation out somewhere, and you said borrow trust, is that, you know, you'd use testimonials to do that within the presentation? No, or? so borrow trust just comes from the fact that the running store is letting you do a presentation in their store. Okay. So it's just the implied recommendation is uh -huh. is where the borrowed trust comes comes from. Because what happens for all of us is we take shortcuts mentally and psychologically in order to last to, to be sane, right? And so what happens is we look around, and if there's somebody that we, we've trusted and we've gone to, so they go to this store and they buy their shoes at this running store versus any of the other options for some reason, right? And yep. so there's a certain level of trust that they have with the store. It's 
and so it may be people in the store or whatever, but there's an association of trust in that location. So if you're able to go into that location or at that location's recommendation, you know, give a presentation somewhere else, what happens is there's this implied recommendation that you should be listening to what this guy has to say because he knows what he's talking about as it applies to people who would want our product. Okay. So just just that right there is where you're getting a bulk of your trust. Now, you have to make sure that you don't do anything that violates that trust that's been borrowed. And that's where we need to make sure that you're always positioned properly. So you may have heard people in your industry recommend that you dress more like a doctor. So wear the white coat or anything that would make you look more like a medical professional as opposed to a guy with a Hawaiian shirt and shorts. Right, right. And so the reason for this okay. is because it, people have in their mind a certain idea about who they trust. And if you want to be perceived as the doctor that you went to school to become, then you need to look the part of the doctor. And so it doesn't even hurt to have a stethoscope around your neck if if you're going to use it at some point. You know what I mean? So whatever your tools are, you got to have those tools, but you also have to make sure that you dress the part. So if I'm going to give the presentation, then I either need to be in a full suit and tie or I need to be in whatever clothing I'm going to wear but then have my my markings or trappings of, of a doctor being worn as well. So you won't go in, in your T-shirt and sweatpants or your exercise outfit. Even if you are into training and you do all that stuff, if you're going to wear that, you have to wear the white coat over it and uh, and, and look the part or, or talk the part. That way the people don't have any um, misunderstandings about who you are in terms of this relationship that's starting to be formed. They need to look at you as the professional, okay. the the expert. And so we got to do anything we can to promote that. And you go around, you can see some different examples of this. You can look at diff, you know, early on with uh, people that are celebrity experts. You can see that how people that are, you know, doctors or whatever may have dressed initially. So for some, you know, I think some doctors will even go in scrubs. I think that that makes a confusion with um, nurses, and so that's probably not the best idea if you are a doctor and you want to keep that that persona um, for your market. So. Those are my recommendations in terms of even apparel and what you wear. So, okay. in a lot of this, and I'm going to hopefully people don't take this the wrong way, but if, if we think about it, if we look at what a con man does, a con man does everything they can to increase confidence that they are who they say they are. And so they do certain things that leverage the way that the mind works in order to present themselves as something that they're not. If you're the real right. McCoy, if you're the, the legit deal, and you do things that go the opposite direction, you actually hurt your ability when you actually are real. And so th there is something to be learned from a con man in terms of what do they do to make sure that people have confidence in them. And if you're the real McCoy, you ought to be doing those things that <laughs> that the con man takes advantage of to hijack someone's trust mechanisms. And so right. if you're, you're not doing that when you're on the promise, right? Yeah, but you can fulfill on the promise and you're the real deal. So that's the, that's the difference. And so you, there is something to be learned from the way that, you know, people that have conned people have done things. And so, you know, it's interesting for you to be able to look at how people like even Bernie Madoff was able to get people to to invest, you know, millions and billions of dollars or whatever they did with him 
is because he looked the part and he acted the part, and so people believe that he was the part. And so you got to make sure you don't do anything that jeopardizes that when you are the actual real deal, when you are the, the real McCoy. Okay. So just think about that. Make sure that, it, you know, when you're doing stuff. And it's, it should be more of a checklist you do going into it than something you're you're having to always worry about as you're going through the process, right? Just mm-hmm. you, you want to say, okay, do I, do I look the part? Um, how am I representing myself to the marketplace? You know, those kinds of things. It doesn't mean that you're fake. You can still be genuine and be you because you, who you are is, is part of why people do business with you. But just make sure that you include those other things that help them to know uh, what your position is in the relationship so that they can be confident in whatever you recommend. That goes back to um, my brother Trent, who has been always been my partner in, in the businesses we've done together. Um, he was a real estate professional when we had the training company, and we were actually teaching real estate professionals a specific skill set. And yet he was running into people who were his actual clients giving him a hard time about what he did. And what we discovered is he had not positioned himself properly in their mind. So while we had thousands and thousands of real estate agents who would hang on his every word, the actual clients that he had in his real estate business were not. And so we had to we had to make some changes so that they would respect what he had to say because he was the expert. They just didn't know it because he wasn't giving them the signals for them to respect what he had to say. So being the expert doesn't guarantee people respect what you have to say. So that's why it's so important to position yourself properly in the marketplace. So now with all those pieces in place, now when you actually do the stuff like the follow-up, when you do your event and you speak to people, all those things have much more power. So you'll notice that we didn't spend a whole lot of time on automation through this discussion, even uh, though that's yeah. you know, primarily what we do at Fix Your Funnel. And the reason why is because right. that's got to be secondary to having all of your marketing assets in place, um, having your positioning properly uh, put in place with the marketplace, and having an actual model for how do you leverage the technology. So if you go into the technology first and you go into the automation first, but you don't have the parts that we talked about on this call in place, what happens is nothing good. <laughs> you, you end up wasting a whole lot of time you know, trying to get all this automation stuff working. But all the automation stuff is extremely powerful when you have your marketing in place, you have your, your, um, your game plan, you have your positioning, so you know what your model is and what you're trying to accomplish. Now you take these different pieces and we put them in place. And in fact, that's what we're going to be doing in uh, September at our event that we're going to be doing with uh, Marketing Mavens is we're going to be talking about different um, automation models that you can take down and put into your marketing model. So you have to have your marketing game plan laid out, and then you can take these automation models and plug those in, and then they actually are powerful for you. Now, I don't know if this is the place for it, but I, I was interested in that event. I don't know if you could share any details or better to get those later. So it's... It's going to be um, September 17th and 18th at the San Diego, um, let's see, it's the Hyatt Regency Mission Bay in San Diego. And it's going to be really awesome. We were just um, finalizing the content uh, Tuesday, and, and we're going to finalize the layout of the event today with uh, Jared and Dustin from Marketing Mavens. And we're going to be opening up registration for it for people that didn't pre-register at our last event Um probably next week. So we'll make sure you get information oh, wow. about that. But yeah. um, 
it's going to be a phenomenal event, and I think it's going to be really neat for people to be able to take those models and put them into place. But like I say, the model has to come after you know what your marketing game plan is. So, you know, what is my approach? What do I need to be focusing on? And then you can let those automation model pieces then come into play and assist you in that and, and save you time and, and create consistency. But without the model, then you don't have it. So for you, as I'm looking at it's your game plan right now is finish up your book, start looking at who else could be a referral source. Because the reality is, and you pointed this out at the beginning, is a referral source has a certain capacity. And at some point, we'll tap that out. Now, you may or may not have tapped that out, for example, with the, the running store. I don't know. And maybe that if you come up with different segments, because there's different types of runners, right? There's your your long distance runners, there's your beginners, there's you know, so you've got yep. different segments. So you can prepare talks that that speak to each of these different segments, and then use that, you know, to be able to extract more opportunities out of the same referral partner. I gave you one recommendation, which was presentation, book. Um, you know, additional event in your gym. That's one flow. You're going to have to experiment with that, and then some additional flows till you discover the one flow that is going to be delivering the most consistent result that you're after. Once you've got that most mm -hmm. consistent result that you're after, which will be measured by some metric. So, and when I tell you that, I'll go back to my example with our training company because it most cl closely correlates with what you're doing. What we did is we did three-hour presentation. We knew the number of attend. We had number of registrants, number of attendees to that, and then we had the number of people that said yes to our um, membership and training at the end of that. And so those three metrics told me the whole success of what we were doing. So if registrations didn't hit a certain number, then I knew that we had an issue and I could address it there. If registrations were a certain number, but then attendees was not within a range that we felt was acceptable, then I knew I had work to do there. If attendees to people that made the actual investment was not in a range that we found acceptable, then I knew I had work to do there. And so just looking at those numbers, I could tell the health of, and also know where I needed to focus in terms of continuing to grow that business. So it'll be the same thing for you. Once you identify a path that you can then measure. It's going to be a matter of looking at the numbers in each of those steps and then seeing if those are an acceptable range for you. That you don't know what that acceptable range is until you start doing it, and then you can start working on pushing that envelope. So initially, registration to attendee was 33%. We pushed that to 70%. So we effectively doubled our income opportunity by pushing the number of people that actually showed up. So once you identify these numbers and this path and you say, okay, this is working to provide us the outcome that we're going after. In our case, it was people buying our training and becoming a member. In your case, it would be becoming a member of the gym or becoming a, a patient in the clinic. So if the outcome is there, now it's just a matter of measuring those steps that lead to that outcome and saying, what can we do to affect that? And if you'll use those things that we talked about during this call, you'll be able to affect that. And then you can start looking at how could we automate these to give a more consistent outcome for the people that are going to be in these processes or these funnels or paths. And that's where you're going to be able to really start leveraging the business and growing it. But remember, it's not about having one source of traffic that is growing bigger and bigger. It's about being able to see the model and then extending that model into multiple different areas. It's more, much more likely that you'll be able to find multiple passion industries that could lead into your, your gym and your clinic 
than it is to get the, the one store or a couple of stores to be able to produce all the business. So right. look for other different opportunities, different verticals that could be benefit from you bringing in free education for them and then enhancing that again with the book. The book is more about positioning than it is about anything, so you, that's why you got to have that done. But if you do those things, I think you're going to be very successful with the, the business you've pulled together. Not that you aren't already, but it, it will you'll be able to achieve your your dreams in terms of what you want to accomplish with that. Right. Well, this is, this is great stuff. I mean, it kind of, you've definitely offered some clarity as to where to put these different pieces and, and kind of where to go from here. Because you hear these different ideas, automate or market this way or write a book, but nobody's ever outlined the, the map and the strategic kind of uh, follow-through that, that should go on. So I do appreciate that a lot. You're welcome. And just for people listening, you may say, well, I'm not a chiropractor and I don't have a gym attached to my chiropractic clinic. Does this apply to me? It's interesting that this same model that I just laid out for you is very similar to the model that we used for our training company. Um, it's very similar to the model that I laid out for uh, with my brother for real estate agents that we were training on how to grow their business. Um it's a very similar I mean, model to, that I've used for all sorts of experts in that, uh, different industries with one-on-one coaching that I've done. And so it's, it, it will work for a lot of different businesses. What were you going to say? Oh, I have a friend who's a financial planner, and, and his kind of, um, you know, he's written a book and positions himself like that. And it's a more of a workbook kind of outlining your dreams and whatnot. But he, after talking to you, I was chatting with him about it, about his book and what he's done with it. And he says, you know, when people come in, uh, it's no longer trying to pitch them on his rates or his percentage. It's they want to work with him. They need to work with him, and and they don't. The cost becomes a non-issue in his sense. He said. Uh, and that's and so exactly just, I, right. And the reason why for that, Josh, and this is important for everybody mm-hmm. to understand, is cost is an issue when no other criteria are given to people to make a decision. Right. When people right. have other criteria on which to make their decision, cost usually drops down the list. For some people, it will always be top of the list, just the way that they're, they're wired. But for most people, they resort to pricing when they have no other criteria on which to make a decision. So if you give them other criteria, they're going to go to that first. And price really becomes less of an issue when they understand the value that they get because of the positioning that you've taken inside of their mind. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, This has been good. I hope it's been good for the people that have been able to listen in. And uh, um, I just appreciate your your interest in improving your business. I think that's, I mean, there's so many people that rely upon you being successful. So I'm glad that you're taking a a very active interest in your own success. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. I definitely, uh, you know, we had the tools, we had fix your funnel, but now we have kind of the, the strategy, like I said, and the tactics. And I, Yeah, the clarity was most helpful, so I appreciate it. You're welcome. Boom, let's go out with the bang.